to the iCast. This is Chris, and I'm with my co-host, as always, Ike. Hey, guys. Welcome back um, to the July 4th uh, weekend um, and um, Canada Day, which just happened on July 1st. Um, so celebrating both um, both uh, both days. Um, thank you for joining us. We've got a bunch of things that have um, happened this yeah, week, sort of like, like always. Yeah, just sort of yeah. this whole... You know this weekend and the, the general vibe it has but um yeah i mean you know we we celebrate both canada day and uh, uh july 4th independence day yep right um i think you know and it, it what can i say it's just weird it's an interesting part of the year where we we, we celebrate both these events um two completely different types of of independences right Yep. Uh, one, one was uh, resulting from a revolution. Yeah, one was you know very very angry revolutionary. One is uh, um, on the flip side, d- purely diplomatic. Yeah. Um, right, and one happened you know um, over three centuries ago, and uh, you know, and one happened. Like probably 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can really take into effect like what it happened and how it happened. You know, there's a lot of that sort of thing going on where, you know, like it's, it, I mean, the U.S. is fastly going, growing to become like the next uh, longest living democracy, right? I think right. the, yeah, I think the, uh, uh, I think definitely there's a lot of, like there's a lot of history, right? And when it comes yeah. to you know empires, when it comes to things like that, they don't last that long. No. Right, and you know uh, we are seeing that the testing and limits of that you know democracy. Right, right. Uh, but it, here's the thing: is it's not like um, you know the U.S. has never come come down, you know, uh, hit that crisis point and then be able to move beyond it. I mean, that's what the Civil War was, right? Exactly, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so there's a, a things, a bunch of things happening. So tying into July, July 1st and, um, and Canada Day, there was, um, a series, it was a, it was a protest, um, you know, it was a cancel Canada Day, um, March that happened in, um, you know, and it was a march from Gatineau to Parliament Hill in Ottawa. And if you know the area, Gatineau is just on the other side of the river on the Quebec side. And then we have Ottawa, which is capital of the capital of the, of, uh, Canada. And and, um, and what happened was um, there was uh, there was an organization there was a, it was organized march and and it was in um, it was in protest of uh, the the mass graves that had been found of uh, Aboriginal children in the um, in Saskatchewan and BC. We're looking at right now over a thousand bodies that have been discovered and so yeah. you know I mean, there's been burning of churches but they yeah, and there yeah, was a protest the retaliation, this, there's been protests yeah. in capitol hill burning of churches in manitoba saskatchewan and a significant number of uh, places right um 
you know, um, all throughout BC. And this all started when a BC residential school, um, on its grounds, they found, you know, over 200 um, unmarked graves. And then as they went to more and more residential schools, they found more and more unmarked graves. It's gotten to the point where, um, you know, every time we're expecting, you know, another, you know, any given residential school, another set of, uh, of, of, you know, big, um, another set of unmarked, you know, like mass graves sent to it, to figure out that. Um, it's now becoming this sort of new expected thing. And every time, and it's now happening more and more often that with this, especially with what happened in BC, there's been a, a big push to examine these grave sites, to examine, you know, the school sites and see if there's any, um, see what they can find. And they find a lot of stuff. Uh, it's, it's only getting worse. Right. And I think Chris, um, when, I think it was when they, they had found the mass graves, um, in BC, uh, I think they had indicated that, you know, that the, all of the other residential schools, that had been opened up and, and these were opened up and operated by the Catholic church. Um, yes, yeah, sanctioned by the, the government because the government uh, did not, um, undertake any oversight of them. Right. So, uh, the government has to take ownership, uh, of that because I even think it was under, you know, the, uh, under the, the, the umbrella of, the, the, the federal government and, and state governments, um, right? So I think there were, they, when they, and they used, um, they used, uh, I think, um, the radar imaging technology uh, to locate the bodies. And it was, okay, if it's at this uh, residential school, we need to look at other residential schools. And um, the second one that they, um, the, the, the next one that we've learned about is the one in Saskatchewan. And in that one, they found over 500 children yeah, and they're, children they're, are from all ages. It's yeah, not, they're, they're, they're seeing these kids and they're fine. They're just, there's more and more, you know, graves. And this is a, a longstanding issue that's been around, you know, that's been going on for almost a century. Right. And right. And on those of our listeners who don't understand, you know, may not be aware what would happen is that the government would uh, forcibly remove children from their uh, from their parents who were living on a reservation and put them, place them in these residential schools where their um their language, their culture of their tribe was beaten out of them. Yeah, it was it was a forced sort of like ethnic cleansing of, yeah. of, of native culture, taking away native children, making sure that they don't, you know, that they're converted to Christianity, that they don't learn their uh, own languages, that they don't, you know, that they stay away from their own cultural beliefs. And, of course, it was administered by religious institutions, Catholics, Protestants, Lutherans, all the way across. And with that comes with all the, the horrendous stuff that we know about those, you know, vile institutions, right? Right. And uh, that, you know, include everything from sexual assault and all the way up through to murder. Yeah. Uh, neglect of these children to the point where they were dying of preventable illnesses. Um, malnutrition. <coughs> malnutrition. 
And they were beaten to death. Yeah, uh, it was just a, a vast majority of, of, of ailments, issues, and and different causes of death, which led to the deaths. You know, right yeah. now it's at a thousand, but you know, estimates you know put it very very high of how much it could be. Um, yeah, well, I think they um, over. A period of time I you know there's there's thousands of children that I never returned home and now we're you know we're seeing why some of those children uh, were also placed within um, Canadian white families and not allowed to go home they were adopted by other families it is um, so you know it is a reckoning that can that does have to do um, yeah, right. across the board, um, and it's not to diminish it, but uh, uh, across the board with all settle, settler colonial societies, right? Um, yep. You know, um, Canada, the U.S., New Zealand. Um, Australia. Australia, right? Uh, those would be, you know, um, much of, like, South America, but with there, yep. it, it, it essentially has become, like, a sort of, like, you know... It, there's been just mass, you know, conversion, all that sort of culture, you know, the Aztec Inca culture, you know, the Mayan culture, it's all gone, right? Um, mm -hmm. The Spanish Portuguese style was just essentially just, you know, destroy it out of, and, you know, convert everyone, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're seeing, you know, especially in the, the Commonwealth English colonial states, we're seeing this sort of reckoning, you know, uh, Australia's had to deal with it, um, you know, New Zealand has, has had to deal with it, everyone's sort of had to come through and, you know, have a reckoning with themselves. And uh, what can I say? Canada's one of those nations that has to do it as well. Uh, it's sort right. of every nation has an atrocity that's, you know, an old school thing that's attached to them, right? Yeah. Uh, it's safe to say Canada's, you know, like, well, you know, the, you know, the slavery, the native, you know, natives, Canada has that, you know, same issue, right? We, we have right. our own, like, you know, dark, Atrocity, you know, atrocity shall pass. Yeah, that needs uh, to be with. right. I guess, and Chris, you and me have talked about it too. You know, um, Canada has a good standing now, right? But Canada is still, you know, its politicians had implemented um, racist pol immigration policies. Um, you know, in the you know in the nineteenth and twentieth century, and I, I think really until the nineteen sixties, that had continued. For the most part, right? Same with, um, you know, same with uh, the U.S. You know, we've had racist policies. You know, there's the, there's the, you know, uh, limitation. Uh, yeah, right. There's, you know, the World War Two, the internment of Japanese. Right. There's the, um, there's the Trail of Tears that needs to be. You know, it still needs to be addressed. It has not been addressed. And, yeah, you know what? Um, tribes and their members have special rankings. But if you go into any of the reservations, the living conditions are horrendous. Yeah. They're just, they're as bad as third world countries. Yeah, uh, it, it's this strange sort of like position where it's the only like in Canada, right? It's 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 a legit you know area of discrimination, right? Yeah. That is tolerated um, by a large section of the, the population, even you know immigrant community, immigrant communities. Uh, hardly, I mean, they, they couldn't care less, 
right? Right. You know, they, they'll pay the lip service, but they don't really care about this sort of issue in, in any given way. Um, right? Uh, it, it really is a thing among immigrants that, that, that the Aboriginal population, it, it's not their concern, right? Right. Um, especially with communities like, you know, that have a lot of, you know, relatively high representation, you know, considering their population, right, within uh, yeah. the government. You yeah. Know, there's a significant uh, portion. But nevertheless, um, you know, what can I say? Uh, hopefully this does lead to some eventual change, the RCMP, you know, just, you know, you know, the, our own form of reparation for this sort of thing, which does exist for, you know, uh, a lot of Aboriginal individuals. That, and it needs to be sort of like, it really needs to be pushed, right, to help, you know, not just, you know, uplift, but, you know, bring them, like, bring that into the, the consciousness of the country. Right. right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, there's still a lot of prejudices when you're Native American or Aboriginal. Yeah. Right. And, you know, part of the First Nations, like, I, I don't understand it, but it, it does exist. And uh, absolutely, you know, um, in order for us to move forward, and I say this as a Canadian and as an American, we do need to address address this and then um, you know recognize it, address it, and move forward. That's the that's the only way we can heal. Yeah. As a country. Yeah, no, it's 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 to constantly, you know, look at our own mistakes, our own failures and, and not be beholden by them and, and try to build something better with it, right? Um, yeah. But nevertheless, that that's where we have to go to you know, there's a long way, long way there. And, right. uh, I mean, yeah, it almost culminated. I don't want to say culminated because it's still going on, but, you know, we had those marches in Ottawa, you know, people calling right. to cancel, you know, Canada Day. Which, uh, I, I... I know, you and I disagree I, yeah. with the idea. Uh, yeah. I think that, you know, also, Canada is, like, the reason why we have, you know, our life in existence, right? We have... Uh, right. You know, it's like, it's not all just one thing to us. No, it's not, right? And um, I disagree with, so the other thing that happened was that, you know, in with the candidate march in Ottawa, they toppled the statues of Queen Victoria and Queen Elizabeth II as, you know, you know, the responsible for yeah, what had happened, I and I and I know you you're an anti monarchist. Yeah. In my opinion, um, you know they shouldn't have been. I think those those are bad actors, and because you know, Chris, um, I believe in protesting, right? But you know, toppling um, statues and stuff like that. I I don't know. Yeah, what can I say? I'm all for it. Um... Go ahead, top of those statues. I don't particularly care for those uh, individuals, like as you, as you're well known. So yeah, it's okay. Right. You know, a statue is a statue is a statue. I don't, I don't care. Top walls, I don't care. <laughs> it mm -hmm. Doesn't it doesn't matter to me. Right. Um, you know, they're. It is what it is. It, it, I'm not. I'm not losing my. I'm not gonna lose my stuff over. You know, a piece of you know bronze getting toppled over. Uh, whatever it is. You know, it, it could be the Rocky statue for all I care. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to move um, to the next, um, the next uh, 
topic for us, a topic of discussion was, so this week, um, uh, you know, Donald Rumsfeld, who was the former Secretary of Defense um, during the Iraq War, he passed away. Yeah, that was, um, I mean... He's been, like, really quiet. Like, yeah, we hadn't heard quiet, anything. You know, yeah. like, all we've been hearing is, you know, his anti-Trump stuff before the election, right? And then, you know, he sort of disappeared. He, you know, he did that. He just sort of disappeared. But... Yeah. Um, uh, what can I say? It's not sudden. He was 88, right? It's not, yep. um, you know, it's not entirely too tragic because, you know, he, he had some weird opinions on certain stuff, but he was against, you know, Trump on others. Yeah, I mean, they say that, you know, his, um, he, you know, he was a huge proponent of the Iraq war. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but interestingly enough, you know, he's he's known to have resisted, you know, any type of uh, nation building type of operations with uh, the U.S. military. So it's 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 a you know, it's interesting. It's like, yeah, we go in, we take care, we take it out, but then we leave. Right. But when you do that, you create this vacuum, which does does allow for. For. Um, you know, a, a it, it, there's a power struggle which ends up if it's not properly, I think, addressed. It 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 does result in what happened with Iraq, right? Um, and the uh, rise of insurrectionists and uh, terrorists, and um, and also what happened with the the Taliban in Afghanistan. Yeah. So I I don't know like uh, you know what what do we you know it's a it's a fine line to walk I think yeah I mean the Iraq War was representative of one of the um, you know biggest sort of democratic problems ever like it, it, all of it the Iraq War was yeah. a horrible event that really diminished the U S on the world stage right for generations yeah and it's and it only gotten worse and yeah. What can I say? It's just all in all, you know, it, it that was like a, you know, that was like one of the, the moments that, that, you know, you know, kind of defined this century so far. Yeah. So, I mean, he's considered every, to yeah. be one of the worst secretary of defenses in American history. Yeah. So, you know, what can I say? Um, he was in the military. He did everything that he did. But, you know, what can I say? The Iraq war is something that history and I will judge. You know greatly um, right and you know hopefully it, it just sort of ends this sort of uh, you know just one day we'll be out of it and we'll bookend this moment in history right until then though. yeah I I mean he was 88 um, but uh, again it was uh, he was one of the chief proponents of the Iraq war uh, which is why it makes him a an interesting um, you know an interesting individual um, you know he was considered to be the chief advocate for every time the US took a step um, after 9-11 yeah right like every time there was like a you know US did something he was he was the one who was pushing it so Hence the label of the worst uh, Secretary of Defense in the history to date. Yeah. 
And that leads us to the rankings <laughs> of presidents. And surprise, oh, surprise. Did it, oh, did it get uh, released? Yeah, well, so C-SPAN released um, its 2021 historian survey of presidential leadership. So it, you know, it sent the survey to 141 historians, professors, and, you know, professionals who, you know, um, studied the presidency and they ranked every president according to like, you know, 10 characteristics of which they would then get the, um, they would get the, the rate the ranking or the rating. Right. So, um, James B B uh, Buchanan was the last. Andrew Johnson was second to last. Frank Pierce was third to last. And fourth to last was Donald Trump. And he was the 45th president. Yeah, so very right? recently we had the fourth worst president. Um, yeah. And I'm guessing it's only because the other ones were just straight garbage. Uh, it's like, you know, wow. Yeah. I mean, so... <laughs> they're saying, you know, that he, the good news for Trump was that he did better than Buchanan, who, you know, who, and Buchanan's uh, presidency had led to a national secession crisis, mm -hmm. right? After he had um, refused to take a, a firm stance against the Confederacy, I, you know, instead seeking, uh, instead what he tried to do was write slavery further into the Constitution before Abraham's inauguration. Lincoln's inauguration, right? Okay. He beat out Johnson, whose racism was infamous. Um, he opposed, you know, Johnson opposed granting basic rights to newly freed slaves. He was eventually impeached, um, even and though he wasn't removed. So Trump, uh, you know, um, shares that with him. Although Trump is the first president that's been impeached twice. You know, and he even um, scored yeah. higher than Priest, uh, than Pierce, who, um, you know, who, who drove to enforce the Fugitive Slave Act and nullify the Missouri Compromise. So pretty and much, so, all the worst ones were anyone who had anything to do with the idea of slavery, maintaining yeah. it, finding a way to, around it, like to, to 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 for its continued success. Those guys were garbage because they just further, you know, created more of an issue with. With history and and you know the the, the civil war and the tensions around it, and then yep. Donald Trump for his yep. just the fact that he's garbage. He has the same issues, right? Relatively racist presidency and all that, right? And it's it's interesting, um, Chris. So he was ranked thirty-two out of forty-four for public per persuasion. Uh, which we can see, okay, and that was, I think, one of his highest rankings. Um, he was ranked 41 out of 44 for crisis leadership. He sucked at that. Okay. Um, economic management, that was his second best rating, which was 34 out of 44. Okay. And uh, part of that was because of his negotiating uh, during the, the pandemic, right? But also, uh, he, you know, we know that he nearly had tanked the pandemic rescue legislation. So it's there. It's, but he was 34 out of 44. Here's the kicker: moral authority. He was last. <laughs> okay. He beat out James Buchanan, Andrew Johnson, Richard Nixon, 
and Bill Clinton. Okay, so Buchanan was 43, Johnson was 42, Nixon is 41, and Clinton is 38. We know why Nixon and um, Clinton are on that list, right? And so, but he, but he beat out all of them. Like he beat out the enslavers, you know, the, those presidents that believed in um, in slavery and were did everything they can to uphold slavery. You know, the U.S.'s original sin and it's like it's incredible you know he was the only president who refused the peaceful transfer of power uh he sought to overturn american democracy uh in addition to that numerous sexual assault allegations open racism and xenophobia against people from what he called shithole countries uh numerous alleged crimes which you know is still being investigated and the two impeachments, which I mentioned, those are just like, you know, the highlights of this. And then he ranked second to last as on international relations. He like completely tanked our, our you know, our presence uh, on the global sca uh, stage, yeah. right? Which made Russia and China very happy. Yeah, that's what they exactly were looking for. Yeah. I mean, he beat up Buchanan by, you know, Buchanan was 44, um, you know, and that's because Buchanan, you know, was, was going to let, you know, the succession of the South from the U.S. happen and then Lincoln came in, right? So it's like, um, it's crazy. His administrative skills, the last, okay, uh, he's last in in administrative skills relationship with congress 42 out of 44 you know vision and setting out an agenda is 36 out of 44. I, you look at everything equal justice for all uh it's he got 40 out of 44. it gets incredible right like it as you put it he just beat out like by the skin of his teeth, those presidences that, um, you know, had no problems with slavery. Yeah, he beat out slavers. Yeah, just, you know, by the skin of his teeth. Mm. That's it, right? He's no better than them. And then, uh, you know, and in terms of performance with the context of, if you take him in the current um, framework, right? Uh, He's 42 out of 44. So if you look at it, he's at the bottom four in like almost every criterion that they used. Yeah. I mean, he's really just slavery. Yeah. It's like literally, it's like slavery. That's the only thing, like the one thing that we've all agreed is bad and, and the only thing that he isn't a part of. But you know, he has some sort of like, he definitely's got those racist takes, man. Yeah. Yeah. And are we surprised? No, considering January 6th. Oh, yeah. And that takes us to yeah, the Supreme Court. Oh, <laughs> that takes on. us to, no, no. Well, we're going to quickly um, touch with it, touch base on it, Chris. I think we need to, right? Supreme Court, um, this week, this past week, they upheld 
the the new voting rights that Arizona has passed. And it's like crazy because I, um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but one of the things that um, Arizona's Arizona's voting um, laws are not allowing now is so if um, only caregivers, um, election officials, and at the post office can collect your ballot if you're if you don't have mobility, mm-hmm. nobody else can do that. Otherwise, you have to show up to the polling station and vote, okay. which. You know, I, I'm, I mean, it, so they're restricting, you know, your ability to vote in Arizona, right? But here's the thing is, uh, compound that onto, uh, you know, compound that, that restrictionist component of the new, of their uh, voting bill to the fact that a lot of these states are not opening up a lot of voting stations. So what you're saying is you you don't have mobility the only way you can vote is if you you know if you want to do a um vote by mail or you know uh it has to be a caregiver nobody else can do that for you Uh, even though you know what they can um you know even if they attest to the chain of custody right Mm -hmm. they can't uh, they can't you know take your sealed ballot and drop it off uh for you um, you're going to have, if you can't, if you don't have any of those, then you're going to have to come to a polling station, but you know what, we're going to make it hard for you for the polling station. So if you're in a wheelchair, you're, you know, you've got health problems, can't stand for long periods of time, tough luck because they don't open up enough, uh, polling stations for you to go and vote. So you're standing in line for two, three, four hours. Like, and in Georgia up to eight Just, yeah, or it, 10 I mean, hours, right? Are, like it's yeah, f- bloody yeah. ridiculous. But that's the thing, right? Enfranchisement of the vote is well known to be very, very bad for the conservative party. Right. So, uh, so it's, I would encourage everybody to take a look at that decision because um, I think this sets the stage, the decision sets the stage for other restrictionist uh, voting rights being enacted by other states. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I do think that the court's decision is harmful, um, even though it does not limit Congress's ability to repair the damage. Um, it does put the burden on Congress to restore the Voting Rights Act, and we all know that is uh, at the mercy of whoever is in power. Because you know we're so split. Um, Republicans are unwilling, uh, you know, a majority of the Republicans that are in Congress or the Senate um, are unwilling to cross over and really look at the policies. They're voting completely on, yeah, they're completely, their positions are completely based on. Yeah, it's it's, we're in the era of absolute politics and it's not going to change. Yeah, yeah. Um, They just need to make, the entire point now is to make it that. You know, the other side doesn't do anything and we're the reason. Right. Yeah. So um, that was the um, the the last uh, thing that I wanted to to bring up, Chris, because I think it's something that we need to. You know, and we're going to see more of these um, more of these uh, these cases because, you know what, after the 2020 election, 
And there's at least 10 states that have revisited their election laws and uh, have made it more restrictive. And keep in mind, the restrictiveness of the laws impact disproportionately people of color. Uh, so on that note, we are going to leave our war room. Yeah, let's and, go out of the war room uh, and go straight to the happy place. Yeah. Um, a lot of heavy stuff this week. All right, but moving on, let's let's examine another major sort of event, right? Okay. Uh, specifically in this case being, um, uh, what's it called? Holy crap, they fixed Loki, <laughs> right? Episode three, which was like, oh God, what are you guys like leading up to? And then yeah. now, episode, and then episode four. So we didn't talk about episode three last time. No, we didn't. Yeah. Right. Let let's sort of let's let's take some time to examine it. Okay. So, um, all right. I I agree with you where you said that you know um, you weren't happy with it. I mean, I think that was what you had mentioned yeah. last week. Um, but you know, yeah, and it was like, but um, I think. I think up to like the last five minutes, the story felt like it was going nowhere, yeah. <laughs> right? And then uh, maybe it wasn't even the last five minutes; maybe it have been the last three minutes that it was like, you know, then then you have the okay, what you know, you, it it dials back into to that. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. I I didn't think that the it was a strong episode. So in that in episode three. Um, spoiler alerts, everybody. In episode three, what happens is that um, the the female Loki, Lady Loki, who calls herself Sophie, uh, Sylvie. Oh, I'm sorry, Sylvie, uh, who calls herself Sylvie. She um, she escaped. You know, we ended up uh, with two where Loki. Our Loki goes through the portal following Lady Loki, right? Yeah. And we find that she goes to the TVA, and um, at the and Loki follows her. He tries to stop her, or he says, "Let's work together." And she's like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." And um, as the uh, TVA agents are closing in, uh, Loki uh, hits another portal. And he takes them into, you know, and they land in Lamentus One, which apparently is a, a planet that's going to like completely disintegrate. You know, the moon is falling into the Clyde with the planet. And so the planet is going to be destroyed. And I think they have something like 12 hours to do that. Yeah. Right. To get out of it. And of course, uh, Loki being who he is, you know, he, the, the time pad that they need that gets wrecked they're stuck they just follows them trying to get off the planet and at the very end you see that they don't make it and they're sitting there waiting for the end to happen and we see at the tva there's this massive massive variant that's now happening yeah huge disruption a huge disruption and it's i think it's growing at an accelerated rate right and that huge disruption is um is Loki and Sophie connecting? So you know, you know that's an indication that they're that if they do team up, they'll be an extremely strong team up, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, so uh, it ends with the TVA 
finding them and then pulling them back. And um, episode four starts with them back at the TVA, right? Yeah. So what did you think of episode four? Uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, no, just kidding. It was amazing. Holy crap. Episode four really, it really course corrected it. Where the third episode really was like, oh man, it's like this is slowing down for no good reason. Like where are we, where are we even heading with this, right? This episode really like brought us back into the fold. Really pushed the story forward. Really got us into some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Um, so we find out in episode three that all of the agents are also variants. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's now time to, to come come forward with that. And some of the big events, right? Like Mobius died and everyone was like, whoa, what the hell? Um, like, like, like just there was a whole bunch. Like the episode moved forward a lot of stuff. It, it brought Loki relatively back to the position he was around Endgame, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of his character development, it, uh, you know, it, it had some huge, you know, uh, like sort of character deaths um, uh, you know we got to see we actually got to see Sylvie's backstory which should have happened in that episode where they're on the train rather than you know uh, in this one because that like that episode was about character development and we got more character development in the episode after right right in the first like uh, in a snapshot of what like five minutes yeah. <laughs> and it's like you it's like you guys really like missed the ball on that one um, but yeah, that that was great, and it and it pushed the the story forward, and it, it was really good. Um, on the other side of events now, right? Right. Uh, we have, you know, we we take into consideration that, you know, like like it's pushing the story forward, and we're into like I think we're going to be into like run really fun, you know, wild romp, and then huge spoilers, the you know the timekeepers are revealed, and you know it's a Wizard of Oz style. Know. it's just totally so who do you think's controlling them i do not know it could be king the conqueror it could be it could be whoever like i have no idea who's controlling them or why i mean it, like the 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 big sort of like twist would be oh it's a loki controlling them right yeah like the tva was made by another loki right who sees himself as the major problem <laughs> right um, you think that's what who you knows? think the TVA? Would... Okay. I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I, I because I thought it was literally just timekeepers, and then they were all with some like, oh god, what? I don't get what's going on. Yeah, I. You know, I found that episode four. They were just. Um, it was completely like. I think the story was fast paced, right? It was like it, it had that that pace. There wasn't like dead time in it. Yeah. But. Um, but I don't know, it's, um, I, like, I was surprised when, um, it, I, yeah, I was surprised when Mobius was killed, mm -hmm. right? I, I did not see that coming. Um, I did not, um, you know, and, um, uh, there's mentions, I think, of, you know, the, the, the types of being, you know, Mobius talking with the types of beings that, you know, the TVA has helped dealt with, Kree's, the Kree Titans, and vampires is that foreshadowing of possibly blade yeah i mean yeah it's like right definitely um, definitely that we're that foreshadowing is there right titans does that mean that you know that's their like nuggets for like the eternals or thanos. um right did the eternals come from the homeworld of thanos 
No. Do we know what their origins are? Uh, we'll find, uh, the, the Eternals are, I think, Celestials or, or something like that. Um, kind of like Ego, right? And I believe, um, I could be getting that wrong. Uh, and Thanos is like an offshoot, like he's a, you know, like an offshoot of them. That's why he's so powerful. Yeah. Right? But, um, like, who knows how they're going to explain it. Like, they might not even connect Thanos to the, to the Eternals. And because that way it's like, you know, why didn't we stop our own cousin, right? Um, but yeah, nevertheless, um, Loki was, yeah, this episode was good and I want, I want more, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah there was a nice little tidbits hidden there and then a post credit scene, uh, where more Lokis, even better. I, I want to see the Loki verse. Let's do this. Um, uh, what else is there? Uh, oh yeah. And then a new Amazon movie came out that we both watched. Yeah, but Chris, if we could, just before we get to that, um, I, I mean, I have some questions regarding Loki. Like, you know, at the end credit scene, there's an end credit scene. So, guys, if you haven't watched it, you know, there is an end credit scene. Um, how did they get him out before he was taken think, care of? But I don't think they get him out because, all right. So, I'm just gonna reveal it. Like, it's in the trailer. Um, what's it called when you get like zapped you don't they don't just erase you from existence you get sent somewhere Mobius is still alive you know Loki's still alive oh okay so they're just sending you into a different dimension yeah. it's not like they're you're killed yeah, you exactly. just think that you're being killed exactly and we don't know what's happened to the other agent right was it agent 15 uh yeah we don't know what happened to them I mean they probably were disintegrated too and they're in this other uh no, but Agent there. Fifteen was the the agent that took Lady Loki, uh, Sylvie to oh, B, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, B Fifteen. No, no, she just got knocked out. Oh, B Fifteen. Okay, yeah, she just got knocked out. She's still on the floor, uh, knocked out in that same chamber where the the, the, the timekeepers were. But yeah, right. Loki's still alive. Mobius still alive. They're on like this sort of battle world where, you know, like all the, you know things are merged together in that scene where you see the alternate Lokis behind them there's a ruined Avengers Tower yeah right so it's, yeah yeah it, it, it's all it's all connected it's all in, in one uh, thing uh, so yeah it's just sort of like a world where where they like a totally de destro destroyed world where they send uh, you know Lokis and there's no way out like there's, there's no technology there's no nothing right yeah that's that's the way they get around and I think um, the the current head of the of the TVA, mm -hmm. right? Who's Mobius's boss? I think she fully remembers who she is. Yeah, she might have been, you know, red in, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was an interesting episode. It definitely moved the story um, along. Um, I'm actually looking forward to the next episode uh, to answer some of the questions. And I think. Um, you know, and I'm hoping that it will. Well, I think they they are trying to tie it into the Eternals as well as the upcoming Thor movie, but it'd be interesting to see how they do that. Yeah, uh, I, I think it will be very interesting, but I'm very excited for it. Yep, yeah. me too. I know uh, I'm not like excited for the Eternals, but I, again, I'd like to see what if there's going to be a tie-in for that. Yeah. And that takes us to 
the second topic that we're going to talk about in our happy place, which is as Chris, you had started to talk about before I interrupt you so that we could have a little bit more discussion with regarding Loki, which is um, Amazon dropped a new movie. Um, if you've got Prime, you're able to access it, and it's called uh, The Tomorrow War. Yeah, okay. Uh, I just I want to go right away and just say um, this was like them trying so hard to do like Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. But okay. it did not work at all. Right. Um, yeah, I can see that now. I didn't think of that. I, you know, I. You know, when I had told you, okay, I'm going to watch this movie, you're like, yeah, watch it, but don't watch it to the end. Just leave it at some point. And I can't do that. But I understand why you said that. Yeah, um, it's just not a good movie. Yeah, uh, you're right. I, You know what? But I, here, here's the thing. I didn't make the connection with Edge of Tomorrow. Anybody has not seen The Edge of Tomorrow? Oh my gosh, you have to. And I hope they make a sequel to it. Maybe, who knows, but... Well, because, you know, in The Edge of Tomorrow, um, Tom Cruise's character, he absorbed whatever that is. And so, you know, it, he can reset the day whenever he wants. Maybe. Um, nevertheless, right? Uh, I'm just... Tomorrow War is whatever. It really is like yeah, time it's... travel doesn't make any sense. The the alternate stuff. Why are we sending troops to the future when should we should start preparing for the future? Right? It's 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 like it, there's a lot of like what, you know? Yeah. And then it yeah. was also like when me and my brothers were watching it. And we we're like, this is just like that short from Love, Death, and Robots. You know, the Russian one from the first um, season of Love, Death, and Robots. I don't remember that. Uh, so it's, it's that Russian one where there's like there's monsters underground and oh yeah 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 and it's okay. like literally almost identical to that story except just continuing on um, the aliens I mean it's got good production value and everything it's just so derivative so boring stuff that well you it has the it, it has the typical you know tropes right yeah and it's like they've they're taking from different pieces so. You know, them flying up through the, you know, the time, time machine or the the wormhole that that get, you know, they've created in the future. I mean, if you think about that, um, that wormhole type of sequence is from like almost skyline, but they're getting sucked up into an alien ship. Um, I felt, you know, the the alien ship, them finding the alien ship. Um, you know, uh, that had crash landed in, uh, Siberia or, you know, the North, the Northeast section of, um, Russia, of Russia. Right. Um, like I almost felt like, you know, that's what they did. And that's what happened with, uh, you know, Transformers and Optimus, Optimus Prime, right? Their spaceship landed and then they were like that for, you know, yeah. centuries before. You know, so much of there's just so many tropes, so many weird things. The alien designs are not that, you know, interesting. They just eat people and, you know, they're, it's very much just like, okay, this is, this is sort of what Yeah, but there's got to be like, right? And this, so there has to be some level of intelligence with the aliens because if they eat all the humans, then how are, you know, they're going to end up dying anyways yeah. because there's nothing left, right? Yeah, it, it's really weird. Um, you know, these, it, like none of it is particularly good. The time travel doesn't make any real sense. Um, 
you know, why do they need people in the future when they could literally the, the problem was solved in the past, right? In this, yeah, like, they'd like, all right, how do we stop the, the aliens from the future? Well, we can do it in the past. It was like, okay, we can't go to the future and stop the war, it's over. It's like, we're not going to be able to. It's like, there was no reason to ever send people to the future, right, to fight a war, except to find the toxin, yeah, except to find the toxin to which and send it back. Yeah, for mass of, production. Yeah, instead of back for mass production. Yeah. And I thought Chris in the in in the movie they said that you know the the alien creatures whatever they were, they the reason why they built their you know the the last bastion of for humanity the reason why they they built it in the water is because the alien creatures wouldn't cross the water. Yeah, and they crossed it anyway because right, and then it's like they're just like so I'm like did somebody forget that. That's why they did that? Yeah, no, no. It's just for plot's sake, right? It's like, oh my god, they did this. It's, it's for the plot, right? Where we're at the main base. The main base has to be destroyed. We gotta, you know, the future that we fight for has gotta be gone. Right. And, you know, I, I get, you know, they're they're using that, you know, the um, anti-hive mentality. Like, they're, you've got yeah. a queen, and then you have, you know, the, the worker ants, right? And in this, you have a, a queen alien creature, and... You know what the uh, the the alien sort of reminded me of? You know, Gears of War, the the tickers. Yeah. Yep, it sort of reminded me of the tickers, yeah. but with arms. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it it was like, okay, so how do you even know? Like, okay, so there's a hive mentality. So what is it? The queen can. How did the queen transmit? You know where she was, yep. over like. It doesn't make much sense. Miles and miles and miles. Yeah, it doesn't. And make if any you sense. if you've created this, like, why couldn't you? You know, because there's two rings right around the the inner space, right? And mm-hmm. if that if only five hundred thousand people are alive now, like, you've got technology to send the worm, you know, people back and forth between a wormhole, right? Why couldn't you make the outer? Why couldn't you electrify the outer ring so if anybody crosses over, they get electrocuted? Now you're making too much sense. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that I'm not allowed? Exactly. <laughs> right. So I mean, I there, you can see like you can watch the movie and you see a lot of plot holes um, in it. Like you just you know it, it doesn't make logical sense. You know. Um, that's what, you know, with Edge of Tomorrow, I mean, it had all of the, you know, the, it had all of the, 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 um, Edge of Tomorrow had all of the, 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 what you want to call it, the, um, so, yeah, it, but there was some logic behind what was happening. Yeah. Right? So, sci-fi is great, but you have to give us some logic. You can't assume people are stupid. And I think that's what they assumed in the making of the movie was, oh, yeah, you know, let's do this and we'll do this and we'll do that because why not? And you know what? Everybody's going to be just watching it and they're not going to question it. Yeah. Right. So they assume that there's a a lack of intelligence uh, with the viewership, with the audience. Yeah. It it didn't work out very well. Um, Yeah. Even with, you know, that um, like... And how is it that, you know, he's the only one who's figured out... Because they've had people come back, right? Yeah. Um, from the future. And those people who came back from the future, they were the... Um, 
And, you know, there were the individuals who had yet to be born. And interestingly enough, did you notice that they were all the ones that got killed? I didn't realize. Yeah, because they're the ones who went with them to find the, the nest, right? And they all got killed. Um, okay. So there's nobody from the future anymore, right? But interestingly enough, like why well, they come from the future. Exist, right? Yeah, their future no longer exists. Right. But they didn't get killed because their future no longer exists. It's not like they faded away into ether. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Chris, it was like they were, they were killed, killed, like blown up, killed, yeah. right? But, you know, they came from the future. They know when the, you know, that the aliens had, you know, allegedly arrived, even though there was no, like, you know, event that happened. Like, how is it just like the, the, you know, the main protagonist it, that he's the one who was able to figure it out with his wife that, oh, they didn't come actually in 2048, but earlier than that. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm with you. It doesn't make any, any perceivable sense. So that's, that's, that's the story. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, if you want something mindless where you don't want to watch any, you know, make any like, so we obviously did not watch it mindlessly because we've got questions, but if you want to do something mindless, I, you know, uh, watch something mindless, which has a lot of action sequences. There's some jump moments and the, the story still moves ahead. You have some, you know, uh, funny characters. I mean, they had everything. They had the funny guy, right? Mm -hmm. They had the the you know the 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 tragic heroes who who give up their lives to yeah it, 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 it help them escape paint by numbers whatever yeah yeah exactly right I mean if you're this is a good what is it was it an hour and a half yeah, it was about I can't two it was about two hours. Then, you know what? Um, 138 uh, minutes, sorry. Um, yeah, it's 138 minutes, so close to just over two hours. Um, over two hours of, you know, a long weekend where, you know what, you're just enjoying. Um, then, yeah, watch it. Just don't expect, uh, don't do the, uh, the analysis that we did. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be a little more harsh than you. Don't watch it. It's a waste of your time. It's not that good of a movie. Chris Pat, you know, is one of those guys that is trying to be a leading man, but half the time he's able to do it, right? And the other half of the time he's not. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it doesn't really work out that well. Uh, Story is kind of nonsensical. Uh, looks half decent, but it's, you know, it's whatever. If you need something to watch this weekend, watch something else. Um, no reason to actually watch this. Watch something. You need to rewatch something. This this is not a movie to to waste your time on. Uh, there's plenty of other good stuff out there. I mean, Bosch had a season seven. You know, you could start, you know, binge watching that if you want. Yeah. Yeah. What can I say? Didn't like it. <laughs> but they had good, they had strong actors. I take, you know, Chris Pratt out of it. I mean, they do have J.K. Simmons and they had Yvonne Strahovski uh, from, right? Um, yeah. Both, I think, are um, good actors, strong actors. Um, so yeah, it's not like they didn't have good actors involved, um, but yeah, I, I, Chris, I what I'm saying is, if you want just bubble gum, you can watch it. I'm not gonna say don't watch it, but right. is it a strong sci-fi movie? Absolutely not. All right, well, I guess that's good enough. Yeah, 
Okay, well, on that note, um, thank you for joining us uh, on this uh, July 4th weekend, July 1st weekend, and um, hope you have a great long weekend. Enjoyed all the barbecues um, out there. <laughs> and you can't stop the what? You can't stop the signal, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.